Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in. 10 days until the Super Bowl. I need to get one of those. Um, I have friends that have the little countdown, little counters on their phones, like for trips that come up and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I need one for the Super Bowl. <laughs> just to remind you? <laughs> Not to I mean, remind me. I couldn't forget Sunday, if I tried, so, yeah, right. but <laughs> just, to, just to have it there uh, so that we know what's coming up. Uh, yeah, Billy Joel's new song is out. I have not listened to it yet. I'm going to wait and listen to it for the first time on the air. Let me ask you this. What are you expecting? Mellow. Okay. Um, all right. Otherwise, I have no idea because he hasn't come out with a hit. In a very long time. It has been a while. Yeah. In fact, the, the last piece of music that he released at all was 2007, if I remember right. And I don't think that one went much of anywhere, but, uh, you know, he's Billy Joel, so he can still write a pretty good song. What I am looking forward to is, appear- is his appearance at the Grammys, yeah. uh, which is coming up this weekend. Because uh, he, he just, think what you want about him. He really does well on a stage. I Yeah, I listened to it this morning from the very beginning through the hook. I haven't listened to the entire thing back to front yet, but I just wanted to get a kind of an idea of what it was. I'm not going to say a single thing about it because I, I want it to roll over you as the mm-hmm. resident Billy Joel fan. I, my expectations are not sky high, but <laughs> okay. um, now you got me nervous. Maybe that I'm not going to no, like no, it. No, not at all. Um, okay. Do you want something that sounds new or do you want something that sounds like classic billy joel i want classic billy joel i want bluesy billy joel okay all right which is the one that i like i like i I like the that that version of it but i'm fascinated to see now if this lives up to your expectations let's just set the expectation at the floor (laughs) yeah right we just can't get disappointed it can yeah right exactly if you lower your expectations you have no fear of being disappointed all right. Well, that's pretty good advice for life, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so we'll do that coming up in the uh, in the eleven o'clock hour. Uh, we have a couple of couple of updates to get to to start off with, um, both on a couple of really serious stories. We continue to not really know what happened about the three men who were found dead at the house in the Northland. What's been fascinating about this a little bit, and we haven't talked about it in a few days, is the international media coverage this story gets because they were watching a Chiefs game. Yes. Otherwise, they're called Chiefs fans. Otherwise, nobody would care. Right, and I can back you up on that because the article, I believe it was either the Daily Mail or out of the BBC today, that's what they said. Kansas City Chiefs fans, you know, the man who was hosting the party, blah, blah, blah. And that seems to be the one connection that everybody around the globe seems to be able to make now. Yeah, um, perhaps after the Super Bowl, I wonder if coverage of that 
if we don't have the answers yet, we'll still be as strong as it is. Just kind of fascinating to see uh, how the coverage unfolds. We know a little bit more. We still don't know exactly what happened yet, but we know a little bit more. Yeah, and what we know has happened since then is that the man who at the time, he has since moved, but the man who at the time was the resident in that house has now checked himself into rehab. They didn't say exactly for what, but they did say that he's trying to get his demons under control. Um, So whether it's alcohol rehab, drug rehab, we're really not sure at this point, but that seems to be, I mean, the one common thread that people have surmised about this with no evidence yet to back it up because they're saying the tox report could still be a month away that people have surmised that drugs and or alcohol may have had something to do with the fact that they all died out in the backyard we still don't know what all of that's about but he's now in rehab and the families i mean you mentioned the fact that we're getting frustrated with a lack of information the families who are much closer to this than we are have also been extremely frustrated with the fact that they've gotten no information at all about what may have happened that night. They had a meeting yesterday with prosecutors. Do we know what came out of it? No, but that's the problem. And, you know, again, that I don't think that anything short of somebody telling them this is what went on. This is how those three men died. This is why they were in the backyard is going to satisfy them. And, I mean, that's not to say that police know and are holding it back from them. They may not know. They still may be trying to piece that together. But the families have made the case that there's been a very slow transfer of information to the point where they're essentially no more in the know than they were the day that it happened. Yeah. Um, I So I would I understand their frustration about it. We are frustrated also. You also just can't help how long it takes for lab results to come back. You just cannot, you can't speed that, maybe you can, but I mean, labs have a lot of work in front of them. And so you just can't always speed that process along. And here's the problem. We could get the toxicology results back and it could show what was in their system. It may still not tell us exactly how they died or the circumstances or the actions that led to their deaths. Sure. And and of course, now that he's checked himself into rehab, that speculation is going to continue with people thinking, oh, well, he had some kind of a problem. If it was a drug problem, maybe he gave them drugs. Again, it's getting way out ahead of the story. We just don't know. And, and assuming that they had something in their system before we know for sure is a great way to be wrong. <laughs> so, right. you know, we, yeah, yes, it's natural to make those kinds of connections. That's how the human mind works, but it also screws us up a lot. So we don't know. We just have to wait. And I, I wish it was coming faster, too, because it's um, it's just so baffling. All the things that we can think of, you just never know. So but I I trust that police feel the pressure and are working on it. Absolutely. So. Uh, the other case that we talked about yesterday that we've been following quite a bit is the case of Grayson O'Connor, who was the five-year-old that went out a 17-story window. And again, I use that uh, that terminology on purpose because we don't yet really know if he fell, if he was pushed, if he slipped, uh, what the heck happened there. Absolutely. But again, we're going to see that speculation ramp up because of what we've learned over the past 24 hours. Because as we were talking on Monday about this, we mentioned the idea that The charge against the mother right now is one of reckless endangerment of a child ending in death. Uh, 
And there are things that could change that, could either add more charges or change that charge to a conceivable manslaughter charge. And then among them are either failing to take medication that she should have taken in order to be able to take care of him or taking drugs that she shouldn't have taken, which would, again, keep her from being able to take care of him. That is a situation we may now have a slightly clearer picture on because in Channel 9, I will give them all the credit in the world, did a tremendous job in covering this story and talking to people in the neighborhood who knew Grayson and had seen him with his mother. And one of them, who was somebody who worked at the library, said that she would frequently come in, leave him in the kids' area of the library, and split. Just leave and leave him there where where people would wander around saying, has anybody seen this kid's mother? And they would have no idea where she was. Uh, She described her behavior, the mother's behavior toward Grayson O'Connor as abusive, that she would frequently yell at him. And that at least once she was, and again, this is according to a woman who was there at the library, that the mother was found in the bathroom having overdosed. Yes. Um, We get a clearer picture of what this household was like before this event. We learn more about the condition of the house and, and the apartment and what she was up to. We're not getting a clearer picture of how this happened exactly. We know that she's been evicted. Um, She was due in court yesterday or had a court date yesterday. um, And a Jackson County judge formally evicted her from the apartment. I don't know how significant that is at this point. That was coming anyway. I mean, you look at the condition of the apartment and they've been trying for a while to get her out of there anyway. Um, But there was a hearing yesterday morning um, about that and the judge granted the request. She was not there, by the way, and didn't have a lawyer there to represent her. Yeah, so I mean, this situation, if you thought this story was going to get any less horrifying over time, I mean, it seems like everything we learn from what you just mentioned, the, the, uh, the condition of the apartment that we talked about yesterday and the food that was spread out all over the place and smeared into the walls and things like that, that it, it looks like this child was living in a condition where no child should ever have to live. So whatever it was that led up to him, tragically going out that window we don't know yet and and we may never get a real clear picture on exactly what happened there but you know if if the child was left in the library and mom took off to go do whatever it was that she went to go do you wonder how many opportunities did we have to put him in a situation where he would not have been under her control anymore. And it seems like with the people in the building that have been screaming about this, saying, we called, we called Child Protective Services over and over and over again. Nobody did anything. This situation at the library, nobody did anything. All the opportunities that were there to save him and keep him from living in the conditions that he was living were never changed, were never altered, even though we had every opportunity to do it. There has got to be a serious reckoning when it comes to how these cases are handled in Kansas City. It is weirdly reminiscent. What was her, was Zoe, in fact, this was on our list yesterday to update this, uh, out of Topeka, the case out of Topeka where the little girl died. I mean, not the same thing, obviously, in how they died, but eerily reminiscent of multiple phone calls, multiple people said something is wrong here, multiple ways it could have been prevented the yeah. ending and, and nobody stepped up and did anything to to come in and help and there was an investigation there were two things that were going on before grayson o'connor's death one of them was the eviction proceeding that was already happening before 
the, the, the death of the child because of the condition of the apartment and several other factors that were involved in that. The fact that she kept taking the stops out of the window that would have kept the window from opening wide enough for him to get out. Um, that was one thing. And, and there was so much there. So that was going on. And there was a an investigation by the state into her treatment of him. But, okay, an investigation's fine. Why didn't anything happen? Yeah, it's just um, sometimes we don't learn anything from cases like this. Hopefully this time we will. So uh, hopefully we'll learn more about that, and we'll certainly update it when we get it to you. Uh, we have an update, speaking of which, on a uh, statue that was destroyed in Iowa and what that guy is facing now. We'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. We were talking about the latest, a um, couple of different stories we've got in the works here, but we were talking about the latest on Grayson uh, O'Connor, who was the kid that went out the 17th story window um, and a lot of troubles with mom. And we'll go to the phones on that if you want to jump in, 913-586-7798 to Diane in Leavenworth. Hi, Diane. Hi, John and Jamie. I hope you guys are all okay in your family. Yes, thank you. You too. Uh, you know, I was wondering, I was thinking, I've been around a few people that were on drugs and they were quite aggressive and mean. And, you know, it seems like maybe her knowing that they were going to get evicted or, you know, she was drugged up and her taking those stops off the windows. You know, there's a possibility that at that point in time, she could have made him you know, jump or get away from, you know, it's a sad thing, but they do, they do do cruel things when they're on drugs and if they've got that tendency to be mean or, you know, uh, trying to get rid of him, maybe, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I hope not. I mean, it, it, really, at this point, nothing's going to make it any, uh, any better or any worse. I mean, the child is gone, but all that's going to make a difference about is what they do to punish her. And mm-hmm. and unless she says one way or the other, is there any way for them to, to ever really know what happened in those last few seconds? I mean, it's it, I'm not saying it's not an important thing to try to figure out. I think it absolutely is. I just don't know what kind of investigative techniques they're going to use to try to piece that together. We'll go, uh, okay. we'll, we'll go back to it and go to Ashley in uh, Kansas City up next. Hi, Ashley. Hi, guys. Uh, Personal experience with Division of Family Services, a lot of these people, they don't care. They're there to make a paycheck, and I'm not saying all of them because I know there are people in there that care, but in my experience, most of them, they just want to get it off their desk. And since COVID, it's even become worse because going into homes was not allowed and things like that. And personal meetings were very limited. You know, you can talk to a kid on a Zoom call and their parent can be standing right behind that camera and you'd never know it. And these, this poor kid, I, my heart breaks for him. I do think that it's addict behavior. I do think there's some mental illness going on. That's why Division of Family Services are there, is to stop these things from happening. Right. And they don't. And unfortunately, emotional abuse and a lot of the things that these kids, these kids go through, you can't, it's very difficult to prove emotional abuse. It doesn't leave bruises. 
So we've got to step it up. I want a whole reform. To me, those people should be some of the highest paid in our states, right with our teachers, because they are there to protect these kids, and they're not doing it. It has to stop. Yeah, well said. Ashley, thank you. One of the other things that came up uh, in that article with the woman at the library is she said that frequently, and, and I mean, this isn't the first time we had heard this either, that she would hear him say to his mother that he was hungry. And we already know that there were people in that apartment building who said he would come to their door and they would feed him because he didn't have any food. And I mean... How, as a parent, are you not feeding your child? And if you're not feeding your child, you're not parenting. I know that the Division of Family Services or Division of Children and Families, depending on where you live and what state you're in and all of that, they tend to have as their first priority reuniting families. And I think, unfortunately, that's wrongheaded. If you've done something that's bad enough that your child was taken away from you temporarily, it should be on you to prove that you fixed it. It's a tough situation. I've done the CASA training, which is like for the child advocates um, in Jackson County. I did it during the pandemic and then uh, just never got around to doing it. But one of the, that is one of the things I tell you is that because under the right circumstances, kids are better off with their parents. And it's tough. I think not feeding your kid is an obvious, you know, duty of parenting. But there's a lot of gray area in there. Sure. Sometimes you just disagree with the way that kids are being parented, but as long as they're safe, the goal is is to have that reunion, absolutely like you said. I'm sitting here going, how do we fix the system? I'm still stuck on the multiple calls that were made and nothing was done about it. And I, I sympathize a little bit with the state, I don't sympathize, but I get it. There is a limited number of people to follow up and you, you're constantly, I imagine, prioritizing the calls that you're getting. And every situation could be a crisis. Every call that takes another day could be a crisis. And I assume they are dramatically understaffed. Yeah, and I think that's that's a symptom, but it's not an excuse. And I'm not I saying I, I'm not saying you're making one. I, I mean, if, yeah. if the problem is we're understaffed, great, fix it. You need more money. You, you need more money. Get it. I mean, go to the state and start banging on doors. That's what they're there for. I mean, the state legislature disposes the money. They're the ones who do it. And and if you, as the uh, Division of Children and Families or whomever, don't have that kind of money to be able to hire the people that you need, start banging on doors and hold legislators accountable when they say, nah, we don't want to give any more money to DCF. And hold up a picture of Grayson O'Connor and say, really? You don't want to give any money to save the next one of these. I'm not trying to dismiss every every argument here, although it's going to sound that way. Money doesn't always do it. If money, if money fixed everything, we'd have no problem with bus drivers or teachers or nurses or pharmacy. Like it's sometimes you just don't want to do the job. And I would imagine this is one of those jobs that people don't want to do. Yeah. And that comes down to, you know, that's another place where money can help, though, in not only upping the, the amount of money that you pay somebody to do that job, which I think in addition to being understaffed, they're also probably underpaid because yeah, well, they're, state, they are. they're state welfare workers. Yeah. I mean, we don't pay them. And, you know, the the other place that you use money like that is recruiting. Go to the colleges. Go go to go to these doe-eyed, you know, idealistic 22-year-olds who still believe they can save the world and give them some money and a chance to do it. Or do what we do with teachers, which is we do loan forgiveness for going into 
areas that people don't want to be. 100%. And, and I don't, maybe all areas, right? Maybe all geographical areas are where you don't want to be to do this job. But somehow, let's do a loan. That works for teachers. You give them loan forgiveness, you got to go serve five years in a place where we really need you. Right. Can we do that with social workers? And, and yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think that's an excellent idea. But I also think that the more people that you hire to do a job like that, one of the biggest problems that they have is burnout. And the reason yeah. they have burnout is because every single one of them has got a pile this high sitting on their desk of cases that they need to get to and can't. And we already know that. But the more people you hire to spread that around, you're not only are you going to have more people doing the job and you'll get a better job done that way, you'll have less burnout because people won't be that overworked. And I know we have calls and we have to get to a break. But the other thing I'll throw out then is can we get 50 people together? But each of those 50 people, like increase the pool of people that handle the calls, but each of them only handle calls one day a week. Yeah. So they're not burned out. But the other four days of the week, they do something else in the state mental health system. So that way, you're, to your point, you're not going to get burned out because that's not the only thing you're doing. Right. And, and the paperwork is important work to be done. So, yeah. And it's easier to do because at that point, you're just shuffling paper. You're not, you know, you're not there with it first, you know, front and center, right in front of you and staring you in the face every day. Yeah. All right. We have to get to a break. If you're on hold, hang with us here. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. I think now we're asking the question, how could this happen? How could the system again fail a child where there are multiple signs and multiple warnings of problems in a house? Yeah, how many how many calls do you need to get before you act and actually do something about it? We'll go to James and Lee Summit up next with us. Hey, James. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Hey, you know, we kind of had this happen a couple years back over KCK, 
remember the kid and your parents, um, kid in the pool, and they ended up feeding him to the hogs? Remember that? Uh, actually, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it happened. I don't remember that story. Yeah, it was about five years ago. The uh, kid, kid, they uh, died, and they ended up feeding a kid to the hogs out oh, there. Yeah. They're in jail now. So, uh, you know, and like, where's the grandparents at in this? No one brought up the grandparents yet. The grandparents never did go by, check on their grandkids. And out of the one over KCK down, I do have, like, some type of uh, uh, fundraising for that. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. We do stuff too late. Right. Yeah, exactly right. And James, thank you for that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't familiar with the story that he was talking about. But Adrian Jones, we've talked about it a little bit, but this this happened shortly before you got here. I just sent you the, the link to the story. Gotcha. And I don't, okay. The details are um, disturbing. I, I won't even. Uh, yeah, I would imagine from what he said, that's yeah. that's disturbing enough. But he's right. We act too late. And as far as extended family, I mean, to be perfectly honest about it, we don't know that they had any. You know, right. sometimes things happen. Not everybody happen. does. Right. Not everybody has grandparents. But it is a good point that we know at this point nothing about her life except what we're now learning over just the last 48 hours. And that's been, you know, recent history. As far as how they got there, you know, who who uh, Grayson O'Connor's father is, whether there were grandparents on either side, was, was anybody else involved in this child's life other than Kareem? Dad. Where's dad? Yeah. You know, we, we just have no, were there other siblings anywhere in the picture? And the judge in this case ordered this case sealed. So I don't know how much we're going to hear about this as this goes through court. Likely not much other than what we're hearing. Anecdotal stuff from mm-hmm. people who knew them and had some kind of contact with him. But, you know, even that, you look at that and you say, okay, all of the people in the apartment, now these people in the library, how many other people knew and saw what was happening in this young life and and i'm not going to put it on them i'm not saying they failed to act but who may also have put in those phone calls and got no response let's go to stephanie in kansas city up next hi stephanie hello um so the judge did order the case sealed it is now unsealed now that they have charged her i was on case net on night before last uh, reviewing i used to work for dfs i worked six years we are underpaid um, they make less than $50,000 a year yeah. and work way too many hours and have way too many cases. I worked for six years protecting those children and this breaks my heart. Uh, it's, I don't it's, know what the fix is. Yeah. It, it, the situation as it is, is completely unacceptable. And I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You were there. So w- when you're in that situation and you see this train wreck coming, what can you do? What What are you empowered to do about it? The first thing they're going to do is put services in place for the parent. And you have to reduce caseloads so workers can have the time to work with these families. And if things, if the parents don't make um, the changes, then that's when you get juvenile court involved and ask for the child to be removed and continue to work with the parents and get the child the services they need to rectify that so that if the parents do make the changes, then they can be reunified. Otherwise, the track changes and they go on the adoption track. 
Stephanie, can you um, educate us about what happens? Uh, so I noticed, let's say my this is happening. I noticed my neighbor's child is at home alone. I, I check on them. I know they need food. So I'm going to call the state. Can you take me through the process of what happens when I call? How quick is that followed up upon? And and if I don't see anything happening, should I call back? Yes. So all the calls go through Jeff City when you call the hotline. And depending on which county it in, it is in, it gets sent out. Depending on what the allegations are, depends on whether it's a 24, 48, or 72-hour time frame. If you don't see results, keep calling. Call until something is done. If you still have concerns and children's division is not doing what they need to do, call the police and you become the squeaky wheel. And so that's awful, but I, I know what you're saying. I mean, they'll do whatever they can mm-hmm. do just to shut you up and make the phone calls stop. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awful that it has to happen that way. Um, okay, so in in your mind, again, having been there, is there a way to fix the system? Is it just a matter of getting more people in those jobs or can something else be done? First of all, you have to pay the workers for correctly for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not just children's division workers, but all state employees in the state of Missouri out of the 50 states, we are paid like we're number 48, 47, 48 in all the states, the lowest paid state employees. Yeah. With us living near Kansas, we've had several state employees bail ship here and go to Kansas and make Ten and fifteen thousand dollars more a year than what we were making here. Yeah, and I'll point out at this point. I mean, Jamie brought it up before. We just had a similar situation like this happen on the Kansas side. So even then, it's it's not a panacea, but something's got to be done. I mean, this kind of thing yeah. being ignored as yeah. long as it was just can't happen. Right, and you do have those workers out there, like Ashley said, that have the passion that go into those homes, try to help those parents and get those services in place because sometimes it's not the fact that the parents are doing drugs you know yes some of them are but you have to remember some of those parents weren't parented themselves and don't know how to parent true so they need those services and they need to be educated and taught and loved themselves to parent Stephanie, it's we have so much work to do. Yeah, no kidding. And thank you very much for the call and giving us some insight into what's going on here. It's just you're right. I mean, there's no way to just wave a magic wand and fix everything. But in the situation that she described, every one of those DCF workers has to have the time to dedicate to something like this before they make a call that's going to make sense. Okay, I I changed what I said. If more money does it. Throw more money at it at first. Try that first. Yep. If that doesn't work, then we'll try something else. Right. And, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be the only thing we do either. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right, uh, right. but it's got to start somewhere. And, and I think the, the way that it starts is putting more people in that job. Uh, whatever we need to do to get that done definitely is where we have to start. How about Maria up next in Lenexa? Hi, Marie. Hi. Um, I was a psych nurse for 30 years, and so we dealt with DFS. And there are so many problems 
when a case manager gets a case, they've got to keep that mission statement in mind with the case. They have to have billable hours. They have to have a certain criteria for an investigation. Um, and as far as, you know, them going to the state capitals and banging on doors for money, I think somebody needs to bang on some of the politicians because that's where you're going to get money. Yep. So, and with the drug abuse going on, this is scary. And that when you take the kids out, you got to have some place to put them. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's another thing that... Yeah, that's uh, another show. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we don't have anywhere near the number of foster families that we need. So, right. yeah, you make right. some great points, Marie. Thank you. Okay, bye. Take care Thanks, of yourself. Uh, yeah, we could spend four hours on that, um, but she's absolutely right. We have, and this is Kansas and Missouri, we have a shortage of, of foster care families. We make it too expensive to adopt. We don't give enough support, and we don't have enough follow-up. And, but we need more foster care parents. And that's something that with your CASA training, again, you've probably been a lot closer to than I have. Is is there a way to make fostering more attractive? I mean, we, I not to not to equate the two in any way, but we talk to uh, you know to uh, the the folks with KC Pet Project all the time about fostering animals. They don't have enough people to do that. How do we get people to foster a kid? I don't want to say I don't want people to do it for the money. Yes, exactly. And so I don't want to say pay those people more because I want you to do it because you want to do it and not because you put more money into it. But here's what, I, here's what I'll say is that um, I've considered fostering. I mean, I, you know, and except for a couple of different reasons, I am one income. And so, and taking care of a kid is a lot and I'm one person and it's easier to do it with a partner. But if you could, I, I don't want to put more money at it, but if you, I have no idea what foster parents get from the state, but they get money to pay for expenses and that kind of thing. If you could make up the difference for me, could I work less? I mean, could I, you know, I do some side stuff. Could I get rid of some of that so that I've got the time to make up for not having the other person? Can we, boy, this is a very long way of me saying, can we make it more attractive for single people to do it? Yes. And if so, how? Uh, and if you're, I mean, if you want to jump in on that, if you're in a situation where because of your age and your station in life and, and your situation that you would be able to foster a child, if it's something that you've looked into, we would love to hear from you. If there's been a holdup in that, if there's something that you were gung ho, let's go ahead and do this and then got into it and found out, mm, no, there's a reason I'm not going to do it. What is it? Because if we can make that situation more attractive, by the way, you talked about the money for expensive expenses uh-huh. just got a facebook message from one of our listeners who apparently has some knowledge in this and says foster care for a regular child unless they've raised it in the last five years in missouri is less than 300 dollars a month is that enough no i mean because to raise I, a child absolutely not but, but i <laughs> but i say that because i wonder what expenses are covered by the state yeah you know what I mean? That might just be for food and clothes, but the state's probably paying everything else themselves. Even for food, that's ten dollars a yeah. day. Yeah. Okay. So so that can go up. We'll come back to the calls here in a second. But the other point I'll make to what you asked is, I think it, part of the reason you don't get more people doing it is because it's a big job to take in a child and help raise a child that inevitably you're saying goodbye to at some point. I mean, the goal is to say goodbye and so you're going to get really close to a child and then have to be able to let go probably that child's got a lot of mental health or trauma issues 
And you've got to be built for that. And not everybody is. Without doubt, because the situations from which they've come have put them in a situation where it's not it's it's not like adopting a child through an adoption agency. You're, you're not right. adopting somebody who has had the best time in life. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. It's big, and I'm glad we're having the conversation here. Let's get another call up. Yeah, let's run off to, it looks like Joe and Liberty is up next with us. Hey, Joe, it's all yours. Hey, how you doing today? Fantastic. What's on your mind, Joe? Well, I just don't think society today understands how huge the strong family unit is. In 1949, Joseph Stalin was asked, what is the most, what makes America a formidable opponent? And the number one thing he said was their strong family unit. They're so secure in that family unit. And it's been downhill ever since. You will not replace the family unit to solve this problem. It cannot be solved by somebody other than parents or somebody with the influence of a parent. And I'm wondering if adoption isn't the way to go. Well, I'm sure it is. And, you know, we need more people to adopt just the same way we need more people to foster. Joe, so, thank you. Yeah. That's what I have to say. You got it. Thanks a lot for the call. Thanks, Joe. Uh, we have to get to a break here. Candace, Russ, everybody hang on the line. Get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Hey, it's John Grayson once again for Century Roofing. Century Roofing, female-owned, locally-owned, and operated for more than 30 years. And in that time, they've done more than 30,000 roofs in the greater Kansas City area. That's since 1990. And they're, frankly, the best in the business. And I'm not just saying that myself. They were voted best in Johnson County when it comes to roofing repairs and replacement two years in a row. And there's great news about that, too, because you get a free materials upgrade to celebrate the fact that Century Roofing has been voted best in Johnson County for that second year in a row. A unique in the roofing industry in that Century Roofing purchases and stocks all their own materials and loads uh, and, and loads their own roofs. Better material prices, they pass the savings on to you, and it also means you're never going to have to wait for something for materials, shingles, boards to come in from out of state. It's already here. They do all kinds of roofs, composition asphalt, concrete tile, standing seam metal roofing systems, and fabricate things in metal, such as the the uh, the, uh, the eyebrows, couplers, finials, anything they need done, it can be done custom-made to your home by Century Roofing. Take a good look at your roof when you get home tonight and make sure that things like you're not seeing any peeling up of the shingles, that you're not seeing any dips in the roof. And if you are, call Century Roofing. You might not have to replace the whole roof. You might get away with a repair. But if you do have to replace the whole roof, you're going to get the best deal possible. Get a Class 3 or 4 IR shingle for the same price as a standard 30-year or premium shingle, and it all comes down to one thing. You can trust the pillars of strength. Century Roofing. Find them online at centuryroofingkc.com. 913-586-7798. We'll get back to your calls here. It's becoming a bigger conversation now about the foster care system how we get more people to foster, and how we get more people to adopt. Let's go to it and head to Candace, who's calling in for mission. Morning, Kansas. Candace, Hi. rather, pardon me, you're the whole state I get, now. <laughs> I get called that frequently. <laughs> uh, this is a topic really close to my heart, um, and the reason is adoption was something I always wanted. I never was actually super interested in having my own kids, and so when I got married— Probably within the first couple of years, we started looking into the system, and we're on the Kansas side. And now things may have changed because this was several years ago, but 
In a nutshell, what I was told as we were getting information about getting in the system as adoptive parents was that there was not a way to do that. We had to first be foster parents, and there's an enormous commitment of time and training that goes into it, which I was prepared to do. Um, However, I was told two things that really just knocked me out of the whole situation. The first was that we would have to be the ones that managed the meetups with the biological parents. And I was deeply uncomfortable with that. I don't blame you. they They couldn't say for sure that there would always be a social worker present. I always thought that you would, you know, the social worker would come, would take the child, and would go take them to meet their parent. No. They said that that would be our responsibility as fosters. And the second thing was that they said, at least on the Kansas side, because the system is set up to promote family reunification almost no matter what, only 1% of children in the system in Kansas ever come up for full adoption. And it was heartbreaking to the point that we even looked outside the country for adoption, but again, cost. So, you know, it's not our people willing. It's the system is not set up to essentially rescue these children when they are still rescuable in some ways. And honestly, if I could adopt now, I would. I really, really would. I even told them, I said, look, I'll take multiples. I'll take older children. I'll even take children with some health issues because I'm a healthcare worker and I know how to navigate the health system. Couldn't do it. And it was very heartbreaking. And just on the side of how do we get more foster homes, I don't think we do. I think we need to really start reconsidering group homes because it would be far more efficient, it would be far more visible, and far more stable for the kids. And you'd have somebody trained there running it, too, yeah? Yes, you have people trained there. They all can continue to go to the same school. They're not being moved from house to house and different caregivers, which is just terrible for development in these children. And we've just really, really lost our way. And, um, yeah, it's going to take some real heavy lift to get it back. Hmm. Candace, thank you. Uh, thanks for the insight. Again, it, it looks like the system is set up to – it's set up in the wrong direction. If you're discouraging people from fostering based on the system, fix it. Yeah, and we're out of time for calls here, and I appreciate it. Um, it's a bigger conversation. At some point, perhaps we'll uh, we'll get somebody higher up in the system that can explain to us a little bit what needs to be done. As a couple of you were saying in the text line, it's just hard. Yeah. It's 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 the reason you don't have more people doing it is because it's hard and the people that want to we don't make it easy enough. So well, there there's a blueprint. And to those of you we did not get to our apologies, but yeah, we had a lot of interest in this. We will come back to this. All right, we will lighten things up a little bit. Uh, Billy Joel's new song out today. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.